Okay, so we, um, page Chav Dalad. We were analyzing the Rashi in the beginning of this week's Torah portion. Rashi says the reason why this Torah portion was said by Hakel, as the Torah indicates by saying, Kladasna Yisrael, all the Jewish people, why was it said to all the Jewish people? Because because most of the principles of Torah depend on this week's Torah portion, depend on the portion that Moshe Rabbeinu said in the beginning of this week's Torah portion. Um, and we basically explained that Rashi is very specific when he says uh, most principles of the Torah are dependent on this week's Torah portion. Not that um, they come from this week's Torah portion, but they are dependent on it. And what that means is that if you look in the Torah portion, you don't really find many new mitzvahs. Or the ones that you find that are new aren't major principles. Like honoring your father and mother is a major principle. Keeping Shabbos is a major principle. But it's not something, neither of them are new. So what Rashi means is, is that this week's Torah portion clarifies many details about how to keep those principles of Torah. So because this week we are learning about how to keep these uh, mitzvahs correctly, and without this week, without this message, we, will, we would not know how to keep them correctly. Therefore, it was necessary to teach this Torah portion out of the regular order. The regular order is first Moshe teaches it to Aaron, then to Aaron's children, then to the elders, and then all the Jewish people are invited to hear it together. But since, there was a, since this was information they needed to keep most of the laws of the Torah, they had to hear it all together immediately uh, in order to um, to do things right. Um, if it was a new mitzvah, it wouldn't be necessary. But because it was mitzvahs they were doing already and they were doing incorrectly, so they, they would have done them incorrectly had they not known what they would hear today. Therefore, they, therefore, it's told to all the Jewish people together out of the regular order. I don't know if this is true or not, but I think that if there was a new mitzvah, um, a new mitzvah is given at the time the mitzvah needs to be given. It says, I call Yaf Asa Hashem Hashem does everything appropriately at the right time. So until you, Hashem tells you the mitzvah, you're not obligated to get the mitzvah. There's a time the mitzvah has to come to the world. But there's a mitzvah you've already been given, and you're doing the mitzvah wrong, so then that, that you need to know right away. The mitzvah is supposed to be done already properly. Properly. So that, therefore there's a need, Jewish people hear all these mitzvahs and they're doing them wrong, they have to hear this right away. And, the message we learned was that if there is a Jew who is looking for the truth, looking for Amuna, and you are sent by the Rebbe to help these Jews, so you cannot go according to your regular order. You can't go do what's comfortable in normal order to and consider, oh, I'll help this guy uh, tomorrow or next week. The person's walking around and they have something skewed about what faith means, etc. Um, you have to realize that the meaning of the Rebbe's appointment of you is not in order that you should be able to come to the Rebbe after 120 years and say, I did it. Rather, it's for the sake of the Jews that you're even sent to. And therefore, this moment, uh, it's possible that, that this Jew is interpreting faith in the wrong way, and therefore, you won't, there won't be a possibility to save him later, because now is the chance that you have, and who knows uh, what will happen if you don't use this moment. And then we have concluded last the first section of this for bringing by saying even Aaron Akain had to wait for the son of Shem Divri uh, before hearing th- this Torah portion it was said to all the Jewish people together everyone to assemble together in order to hear this Torah portion so the greatest of the great Aaron Akain 
the Kohen Gadol, he couldn't hear this message from Moshe Rabbein, from Hashem, until everyone got together. So too, if there's something that another person needs to hear, and you're meant to send it, say it to them, um, until you do, there's something that you're not going to hear, something that you're, you're not going to get. Um, until you're involved in, in giving the words of Torah over to other Jews, you're not going to be able to hear the message that you need to hear. That was the end of the first section. Now let's go on to Yitzchaz. Mechaim, Mechaim. Let's explain the specific wording of Rashi. Most of the, I, I translated till now as most of the, the principles of Torah, but literally, Gufei Torah means most of the bodies of the Torah depend upon this section. So what does that mean? Why is, it Torah use the, why is Rashi use the word most of the bodies of Torah? The difference between the body of the Torah versus the soul of the Torah is that the, is that the soul of the Torah is connected with the power of thought and the body of the Torah is connected to the power of action. So when the Torah is describing the mitzvahs in this Torah portion, it's describing the way to perform most of the physical performance of mitzvahs. The Torah says, you shall be holy, as it's saying that the holiness that we're being told about now is about how we do things physically. They're not about our thoughts, it's about how we do things in a physical way. And concerning the physical performance of mitzvahs, the Torah says, Hashem says, you shall be holy because I'm holy. Our sages say, when I tell you to be holy, you might think you could be as holy as I am, as holy as Hashem is. Therefore, Hashem continues and says, no, I Hashem am holy, my holiness is above your holiness. That's how the, our, the Gemara explains it. The previous Rebbe said that even a question in Torah is also Torah. So, so therefore, it makes sense to say that, although it seems illogical, but since the Gemara says, you might think that your holiness could be, could be like my holiness, so there is room to say that the holiness of a Jew that Hashem is commanding us about is similar to the Kedusha of Hashem's essence. As the Torah asks, can your holiness be as great as mine? You might think it could be as, as great as mine. Why would you think that? That's Torah. That means the Torah itself is suggesting that the holiness of a Jew could be just like Hashem's holiness. How can you connect to Hashem's holiness? It's specifically to the Kedusha that you give, the, the Kedusha that you um, bring into your physical performance of mitzvahs. Not regarding the thoughts you have when you do mitzvahs, not regarding your kavana. The way you connect to the holiness of God's essence is specifically by what you do. By the Kedusha that you bring into what you do. Although the power of thought is much more refined and much more edel, 
and spiritual. We give an Nefesh and touches a deeper part of the soul. And that's why our sages say that the thought of sin is worse than the sin itself because it, because the thoughts of sin touch a deeper part of the soul as we were learning earlier this week about Lashon Hara that it's worse to think negative thoughts about a Jew than it is to say things about another person. To hate your brother in your heart this touches your soul in a deeper, in a deeper place. However, specifically through the Kedusha that you confer to your power of action that you connect to the Kedusha of Hashem's essence. Why is this? This is because of the famous Hasidic flip. Whatever is higher is drawn down through something lower. So it's specifically by the Kedusha that you bring into your physical actions that connect you to God's essence. And therefore Rashi says, what's the meaning of being holy? Separate yourself from forbidden relationships. Nachmanides and Hasidus mentions Nachmanides in several places. He says that when the Torah says to be to be holy, it means to sanctify yourself and that which is permissible. That even things which the Torah allows, you also have to do them for the sake of Hashem and only indulge in those things as much as you need. Sanctify yourself with that which is permissible to you. That's a, a loftier way of serving Hashem. That even things which are permissible, you're also imbuing them with holiness. That's how the Ramban explains it. Ramban says that it's impossible for a person to be, it seems, with the permission of Torah, to be act abominably. Because he could say, oh, if this is kosher, and that's kosher, so I'm just going to enjoy life according to what is whatever I can get a, a kosher um, symbol on in my, in, my, in my mind. Whatever I can say is kosher, as long, I can indulge all day in all kinds of stuff. And uh, therefore, the Torah gives us a commandment, Kedeshim to you, no, that, that, that Hashem wants a Jew's life to be filled with purpose. And everything has to have purpose. That's what the Ramban says. But Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi explains the simple meaning of the words of the Torah. He says, what is the Torah commanding us when it says to be holy? It means do not engage in forbidden relationships. Besides the fact that the holiness of this week's Torah portion is connected to gufeter, to physical performance of mitzvahs within the physical performance of mitzvahs itself. What is it referring to? It's not talking about holiness vis-a-vis our things that in our life that are permissible according to Torah. Rather, According to Rashi, it's talking about, number one, physical things. Within physical things, it's talking about separating yourself from those things which are forbidden. Within forbidden things themselves, we're talking about in the three clippus which animate all forbidden things in the world themselves, we're talking about the lowest and the hardest clippa within that itself, and that is forbidden relationships, what the Torah describes as the abomination of the earth. That's what the term means when it says be holy. It means don't do uh, the disgusting things that were done in Egypt. Because it's such a powerful clipper, 
in the forbidden relationships, there is a great yearning for a person to engage in these things. Because it's a, such a powerful desire. Therefore, in the Mincha of Yom Kippur, right before Ne'ilah, we read this section of the Torah telling us not to engage in these forbidden relationships in order to, in order to clarify and to negate this thing because there's such a powerful desire for it. And therefore, the Torah, at the highest moment of the year, draws our attention to make sure that we don't do this. And the sin of forbidden relationships is considered a very weighty sin. Observe, you love the Semach Tzedek. So Semach Tzedek says that there, it says in the Mishnah in Yevamis that there are 15 women which are forbidden. So the Semach Tzedek says 15 is, survey says, 15 is Yudke. The Yud and the He of Hashem's name is equal to 15. Why, is, why, are those, why are there 15 women which are forbidden? Because when a person engages in these 15 relationships, he could damage, he causes damage to the higher two letters of God's name than letters of Yudke. So from the um, fact that it reaches such a high place in God's name, that tells you um, what kind of uh, a, a, a great clip it is. And that's why there's also such great punishments administered for these sins. There's in Tanya that the punishment that's given is commensurate with the blemish of holiness. So when there's a greater blemish, there needs to be a greater punishment, So that's why this, there, the, the Torah gives such weighty punishments for the sins of forbidden relationships because they, are, um, they cause great ble- a great blemish in heaven. Fifteen, it's something which affects and, 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 and blemishes the higher letters of God's name. Yudke. However, conversely, However, it's specifically by abstaining from these forbidden relationships that we connect to the holiness of Hashem. It says in the Torah, you should be holy. Rashi says, what does it mean you should be holy? It means you should separate yourself from forbidden relationships. And then the Torah continues and says, you might think you could be as holy as me. So since the previous Shabbos says that whenever the Torah asks a question, it means something which is true, because the Torah is truth. The questions of the Torah are also true. So how can you connect to God's holiness? It's specifically by abstaining from forbidden relationships, the most disgusting and abominable relationships, it's by abstaining from these relationships. That's how you connect to God's essence. The lowest things affect the highest things. How can the Jew connect to God's holiness, the Kedusha Satsmusi, the Kedusha of Hashem's essence, is specifically by, by abstaining from these forbidden relationships. Elsewhere in Chassidus, it says the opposite. Elsewhere in Chassidus, um, the Rebbe actually quotes the Ramban, that we mentioned before, and says that it's specifically by sanctifying yourself and what's permissible to you to connect to God's essence. If I'm correctly, there was something along the lines of to sanctify yourself and what's permissible to you. That means everything in your life is holy. Everything. Even the most mundane things. So that's something which is emblematic about the coming of Mashiach, where the holiness of Hashem will fill the whole world. 
So the way to bring the holiness of Hashem in the whole world is by bringing holiness into every part of yourself, especially the lowest things. And that's why Hashem gave us the Torah. Uh, Hashem used the word Anoichi, which means, which, which, which denotes God's essence. And yet Anoichi is an Egyptian word. So there's an Egyptian word describing God's essence. Why? Because it's specifically in the most mundane things that when we bring Kedush to, to, to those things specifically, that's how we connect to God's essence. And also the essence of ourselves. How do we know where our essence is? When you're able to bring holiness to the lowest things, that, that shows that you're that your that your um, that your essence is, is intact because if you're bringing kedusha into the things which you have the greatest desire for, that indicates that your very core is in the right place. Therefore, even even the lowest things are also elevated, and that's why it says that 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 um, it says that the high the hardest things are the most important. That's why Adman Chava had the hardest time with the symmetry of knowledge because it was such an important thing, and so so basically that was underscoring that. The essence of yourself and the highest level of holiness, the holiness of the coming Mashiach, are specifically connected to what the Ramban says, sanctifying yourself with, much, with, with that which is permissible to you. This seems to be very, very contradictory to that. Here we're saying, oh, the way to connect to God's essence is just by abstaining from funeral relationships. So this Fabrengen isn't, we don't have the whole Fabrengen, we have part of it. And the answer to that question is in the part that we are missing. But... Uh, but the definitely, um, there, the, it, there is an edited, there are edited talks of the Rebbe where the Rebbe does say that the only way to connect to God's essence is specifically by elevating the mundane parts of life. Okay, moving right along. Rashi, at the end of the last week's parasha, Rashi says, do not contaminate yourself with these things. I am Lord your God. But if you do contaminate yourself with these things, Hashem says, I am not your God. You are considered a puzzle. You're considered unworthy before me. And what benefit, what pleasure do I have in you? Hashem says. And that's why Hashem says, um, I am Hashem your God. Because if you aren't going to sanctify yourself with these things, Hashem says, it's as if um, I'm not your God and and you deserve the death penalty. That's what Rashi says at the end of uh, Parshas Achare, um, uh, where the Torah talks about the forbidden relationships of homosexuality and. Uh, with be, being uh, physical with animals as well. That's what she says over there. So Rashi uses three words, three expressions. Three, there's three phrases in Rashi. Um, and the three phrases in Rashi correspond to the three words, I, Hashem, and your God. And Rashi begins with saying, I'm not your God, because through Elohim, through the name of Elohim specifically, that's how we connect to Yudke Vavke, and that's how we connect to, to the name Alf, to, to Hashem, to the word Ani, which means I. Elokechem is a uh, general thing. Have you heard this nigan before? 
Yeah, if I bring in someone who was singing yesterday, there's no song. Give me, give me a lukut, give me a lukut. Give me a lukut. Anyways, so Elokechem. Uh, Elokechem means your God. So that word, your God, is referring to the general connection with Hashem, and through that word, we connect to the other words, Elokechem and and Ani. What does this mean? What's Elokechem mean? What's Elokechem? How does Elokechem connect with the other words? Elokechem, your God, is connected to a low level of godliness. And therefore, corresponding to the word Elokechem, Rashi says, I am, you are puzzle from behind me. That means, this name, Elokim, is connected to the Acharaim. It's connected, it's something which is external. Comparing to the name Yudkei Elokechem is a name which is external. It's another most level of godliness, which is considered external compared to the name Yudkei Vavkei. And how much more so, the word, that's Elokim in general. Elokechem, your God, that refers to how godliness comes into each creature and animates each creature in this world. That is, within the name Elokim itself, that's the lowest level of Elokim. The lowest level of Elokim is the way Elokim animates and sustains and creates each creature. Not just the way Hashem's light is hidden in the worlds above this, but Elokechem is how Hashem's energy comes within each creature and animates and creates each creature. And yet, it's specifically through Elokechem, through the lowest level of godliness, that we connect to Havaya and we connect to I. I am Hashem, your God. How do you connect to Hashem? How do you connect to I, to Hashem's essence? It's specifically through the lowest level. So too, regarding our subject, the Kedusha of God's essence is specifically connected to separating yourself from forbidden relationships. Hashem Himself is intrinsically totally above all the worlds. The only reason why Hashem is engaged with creation is because Hashem desires to have a home in the world. It's a taiva. It's a desire of Hashem without any reason. It's just that Hashem wants to, to, to wants us for us, not because He gains anything out of it. It's just a desire to be close with us. So what is the thing that God has the most pleasure from it's the pleasure from the lowest things. That means the holiness we have by abstaining from forbidden relationships, that's what causes God the most satisfying pleasure. Just like Hashem Himself is, is, is infinite and beyond all of creation. Creation, to create, as it says in the Talmud, to create the world is, is, is something which highlights Hashem's humility. To us, we see Hashem's greatness in creation, but for Hashem, from Hashem's perspective, Hashem has to contract His light to create the world. He has to make His, he has to make his light less. But Hashem does create the world because He desires a home in the lowest realm. And what is He like? What, what, where is, what's His know? What's His pleasure? His pleasure is specifically from the lowest things. So within the name of Elohim itself, where is there the greatest pleasure? From the lowest klippas. It's known that the nourishment to klippa comes from the various combinations of God's name. The three impure clippers, and especially Erev Sa'aretz, the abomination of the earth, where the Torah describes the land of Egypt, the source of these forbidden relationships, that's the lowest parts of Shem Elokim. In Shem Elokim itself, there are the first letters of Shem Elokim, 
And then there is uh, the, the last letter is Hashem Elkim. It says, Admas uh, the land of the children of Cham. That's the place of Egypt. So Cham is, it says elsewhere in Chesidus, Cham is 48. So in the name of Elkim itself, there are many combinations. Then there are the 48 lowest combinations. Through the name Elkim, there are many different kinds of clipper that are created. The lowest, lowest, lowest klipa is created by the last forty-eight combinations from the latter, which from which which are connected to the la- the latter letters of Hashem's name. I think what this means is the, the 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 combinations which begin with the last letters of Hashem's name are the uh, are the lowest because in general it says that the, when the, the first letter of something is what's dominant. So when there so the, in the combinations of Hashem's name of Kimet name itself. You have the combinations with begin the letter letter aleph. You have combinations with begin the letter lamid. So the lowest letters of uh, the last letters of Hashem's name, when they begin the combination, that name of Hashem causes the lowest kind of klipa. And yet, through the lowest kind of klipa dafka, that's how you connect to God's essence. There were two chesedim for bringing together. I probably share this story. I don't remember anything I say. L'chaim. One called the other Lippe. He said, Lippe? That was, that was his friend's name. His name was Lippe. His Lippe. Chesidus talks about Klippe. Klippe is just kill Lippe, just like Lippe. But you are Lippe himself. It's a joke, right? Because Klippe is with a kuf, whatever. But, but it's specifically through, through Lippe, the lowest, lowest things that they're saying that we connect to God's essence, through abstaining from the most bestial, disgusting things. That's specifically Hashem has the greatest pleasure from, and that's a connects us to God's essence. L'chaim, l'chaim. Litrot. Have a great day.